welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. I said I'd talk to you about authority um, today, because though all my talks about the Holy Spirit, um, it's all associated with how do we do the stuff that Jesus said that we could do, and doing that stuff is all associated as far as I can concerned, with knowing what authority that you have. So, Andy, you were in the army, weren't you? Um, what pay grade did you get up to in the army? Right. You were a soldier. So you were a man under authority. <laughs> so what happened when your, is it corporal or sergeant or whatever, bellowed out his instructions, what did you have to do? <laughs> right. I always think that the army is just a wonderful um, picture of somebody being under authority because, well, there we go, in, I was watching an old film about the First World War and they're in the trenches and, you know, the, the corporal or whoever says, right, over you go. And I'm thinking, I'd say no. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> It's daft I go over there and get shot. I'm not, I don't intend to go. Yet there's something that has been put into the mentality of the army, the soldiers, that say, yes, let's go do it, you know. Um, and so I understand that was a war situation. That's very different. But it is so that people are, they get to that point where they give the instruction. I remember my dad, who was in the Navy, part of one of the disciplines he was given he had to clean the toilets with a toothbrush <laughs> that, was, that was a real thing he had to do and it was like he was given that instruction and you just had to do it so we, we can see pictures of authority and when people carry authority it's done and to be honest with you you can carry authority when you're in your business life as well uh, I mean I had to, I had over 300 people working for me. You have to act under authority. You know, you have to know that when you say it, it's going to be done. Um, and you have to live in that sort of a, a, approach. So authority is something we've experienced and we're aware of. You know, if you go to school or university, there's a certain amount of authority there that you have to follow. Uh, and it's more extreme if you're in the army. Uh, you certainly have to follow that, uh, that authority without as you said, Andy, without question. Uh, if you question it, you get disciplined. <laughs> so you have to do it without question. Um, and of course, there was a man in the, in the New Testament that was under that authority, that same authority. He was the centurion, and he came to Jesus, and he just said, you know, please can you heal my servant? And Jesus says, you know, oh, well, it'll take me a while to get there. And he says, no, you're a man under authority. I recognize the authority you have. Just say the word, it'll be done. And of course, it was. Jesus said, your servant's healed. And um, <laughs> Jesus said, I've not seen such faith. Of course, that's a non-Christian guy coming and recognizing the authority that Jesus is under. So we have those pictures in the Bible quite clear that Jesus carried authority. And, you know, you just need to read the, uh, sorry, the uh, Gospels and you realize, you know, he could speak to the storm and it would stop. He could, you know, speak to any situation and it would change. So 
Jesus certainly carried authority. And I'm, I'm trying, I want to try and this afternoon to bring it home to you that you're actually carrying this same authority and that you have authority to do the stuff that Jesus says or do the stuff that Jesus does. That's what you have authority for. Um, Matthew 7 verses 28 to 29 says, And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So the people had had loads and loads of teaching from the scribes. But they recognized there was something different when Jesus taught. And what they pinpointed was, you've got authority, mate. When you say something, it's real. In ten, Acts 10 verse 38, Peter describes Jesus as how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And so this whole indication that Peter, you know, in describing Jesus, he's saying that, you know, Jesus, it's uh, Acts 10.38, okay? So it's quite clear Jesus has authority. The Holy Spirit's on Jesus. He has a power. He goes about doing stuff. Um, and he does good. He heals all those who are oppressed by the devil. Interesting phrase. Get it in your head. You know, God doesn't send sickness. He doesn't use sickness. It is the enemy who does it. And Jesus has been given power and authority over the devil to deal with it. And why? Because God was with him. Now, you begin to, over the last three months, begin to realize that God's with you. That you're not somebody who's trying to oh, get closer to God. He's actually come close to you. He's actually in you and you're in him. You know, that you are one with him. So God is with you. And therefore, if God is with you, maybe what's with Jesus is with you as well. Um, and it's interesting. Did Jesus ever give away his authority and power? Because, you know, if you're a businessman, you delegate, don't you? You delegate your authority to somebody, and if they do, go and do their work. So if you're in Andy's situation in the army, you would have had the, the, the general. And does he give it then to the major, who then gives it to the captain, and then gives it to the sergeant, who then gives it to the corporal? And then Andy has to go and do the job. <laughs> that was it, you know. You can see that delegated power coming down. And Andy, there's, uh, oh yes, that question, I'll go and do it. So, did Jesus ever delegate his authority and power? Or does he just carry it all himself? And he does it all, and we just get to watch. Yeah, commissioning. Well, it sounds good. We'll call it that here. <laughs> sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yes, so he did delegate it. Um, and there's a, a pattern you can see that takes place. So in Luke 9, verses 1 to 2, this is where he delegates his authority and power to his 12 disciples. So 
He called his 12 disciples together, gave them authority over all demons and to cure disease. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Well, it's pretty obvious then, isn't it? The 12 certainly had delegated authority and power. You know, authority over all demons, to cure disease, to preach the good news of the kingdom, the wonderful news of the kingdom of God, to heal the sick. Verse 6 says, So they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. That's what actually happened with the twelve. So you can think, well, there's Jesus and he delegates it to the twelve. Did it go any further? Well, it, you do. You see it in Luke 10, verses 1 and 9. Sorry, Luke 10, verses 1, 9 and 17. He delegates his authority and power to the 70, which is the wider group of disciples. He had the 12 apostles and then he had a much wider group of people. And when you think about it, the 12 were really well-mentored by Jesus, weren't they? They were with him every minute of the day, seeing it, believing it, etc. But the 70 were far more on the outskirts, far less trained, never been on eye destiny. <laughs> and yet, it's the same thing that happens with them. He delegates authority and power to them, and they go off and do the stuff, which is just stunning. And they didn't have much training at all. So, in the middle of all of this delegation of power, all of the disciples discovering, oh gosh, I could heal the sick, but then discovering, I don't know how to do it. If you remember this situation where the, guy, the lad with the epileptic spirit, you know, um, and they're trying hard to cast this demon out and nothing happens and Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration, you know, with a word, casts the demon out of the, the lad and says to his disciples, oh, how much more have I got to put up with you? <laughs> Basically, that's what he said because of their unbelief. And so you could see this battle of belief and unbelief going on in disciples as they were knowing that Jesus had given authority and power, but, oh gosh, how do you walk in it, use it, learn it, etc.? Uh, it's not surprising that you see the same thing happening with us, right? Because we get that same delegation of authority and power, but get the same battle of belief and unbelief going on all the time. Uh, quite a few of my talks have been saying to you, you know, you've got to learn to follow the Holy Spirit, learn to his language, learn to respond to him. And all of that is part of trying to deal with this belief and unbelief that keeps coming up okay but in the middle of everything that's going on the disciples say to Jesus please will you teach us how to pray because if we knew how to pray then we would oh, gosh if we got you know prayer came from you then we'd know what to do and of course he gave them the Lord's prayer and it wasn't a prayer to keep them happy for the next 2,000 years you know give them something to do there was some real purpose in this prayer from some real purpose you know um, it's in Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13, the whole of the Lord's Prayer. Now, what is in so intriguing to me when you look at that Lord's Prayer, it's written in what's called the aorist imperative tense of the Greek verb. Sounds very highfalutin that, but all it means is that the whole prayer is written as a command. So you're commanding God to do it. And that's a strange aspect to even think about. 
But that's the way that that Lord's Prayer is. This is not written as a petition. Oh God, if you're in a good mood, please could you do these things for me? It's written from this whole aspect of God, delegated authority and power. Now I'm going to speak out into the world the provision of God, the presence of God, the power of God, the blessing of God, right? All coming that way from him through us to this world. So in the end, it becomes all right for you to command God, which always seems such a strange, strange thing. But he's, if he said to you, this is the prayer, and that's the way it is written, then that's the way that we're encouraged to respond. And I'll try and give you an example to help you put it into context, because it sounds odd to say, God, you're going to do this for me now. You know, I want a brand new BMW, because Germans make nice cars. That's what I want. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> so I'm, um, this is an example. Andy and Sharon needed to sell their house. They were about to move into the church house on Southern Road. Um, and they had a buyer for their house. So the buyer had come along, yes, agreed the price. It's all, it's going through absolutely wonderfully right everything's no problem at all uh, he didn't uh, need to sell his house he was like a, a buyer that had the cash he was coming in to, to buy the house the night before the exchange of contracts so in this country you have these exchange of contracts and then at that point you you're into the you've bought the house so the night before he rings andy up and says i've lost my job i've been sacked today I can't go forward with the, the purchase of the house because it's like, oh, I don't know where any money's going to come from. I'm so sorry. We really wanted to buy your house. Now, Andy was selling his house and the money that was coming from the sale of his house was going forward into the development of Toon uh, for Southern Road. So all that we were doing with that property was needed by Andy's sale of his house. Uh, so Andy and Sharon did the thing which was, oh gosh, can you all come round to my house and pray because I don't know what to do now. You know, the dates were all set to move, except everything was in line and now the guy's lost his job. So a group like this, we're all sat together, we're praying and prophetic, you know, you're learning to do prophetic words, learning to hear the Holy Spirit. So we got pictures and the pictures were all of darkness over the house all of oppression, all of feeling this, gosh, it just doesn't feel right. And you got the impression that this was um, a demonic attack on what was going on. So we set to in our prayer with authority. We've got authorities over demons. Jesus has given authority. Oh, I'm tell this thing to shift them. So as a group of us, we started to pray, tell the thing to go. Taking that authority, you know, commanding this thing to leave. And then people got pictures of... Um, sunshine coming up and sun over the house and a lovely feeling of oh gosh the whole thing's changed at that point june richards who you won't have seen much of uh, in this school um june richards started to pray a prayer of command and now in the name of jesus i release a job for this gentleman that will be a good job for him him and his family he will be blessed nine o'clock the following morning and he gets a phone call You'll never believe it, Andy. I've got a job. 
I've just been given a job. And it just went on. And that's the sort of, yes, as June, in all of those years of following Jesus, following him, learning to walk in authority, she understood that, that when she heard those prophetic words, darkness, prayer, gone, light, well then, there's an answer here. And I can speak into that situation and see the answer come. And it certainly did. Other sort of similar sort of stories um, from June. I mean, she's just a wonderful woman of God. Um, her cleaner came to her one day. Her cleaner wasn't a Christian. Uh, cleaner's family weren't Christian. And said, oh, it's a terrible situation on my road. There's a man that seems to be mentally ill and he's really causing terrible situation, you know, um, it's a bit like the gathering demoniac, you know, nobody wanted to go over near him and uh, it was causing a real uh, issue. So June's response to her cleaner was, listen, I'm going to pray for you now. The situation will change within a week and you will know that Jesus cares for you. So that's the sort of words that she said. So the cleaner thought, who's this daft woman? You know. But we as a church got together again, small prayer meeting. Okay, praying for this man now. We're going to be asking God to intervene in this whole situation. Because at the moment, the whole community is being affected by it. So what does he need? Well, he needs to be actually taken, be sectioned, taken into hospital and given some um, medical treatment. In the name of Jesus, we release that now. Within the week, guy was taken, sectioned, put into um, hospital and looked after. What happened to the cleaner? She said, Jesus is real. She gave her life to Lord, her husband, her family. In my house. All right? So understanding the authority that you're under and acting on it is just so important. It's not a theory. It's not like theories that, oh, yes, I can now recite how scriptures all fit together. We've got power and authority. We then need to <coughs> step into it and actually begin to deal with it and believe it if you like <laughs> so as you were saying in Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20 we have the great commission and in that phrase you know uh, we're we're told to go and teach people to observe all that Jesus had commanded us to do and, and unfortunately in the English the trans the translation to the word observe isn't really correct it is more command you know it's like go and do the stuff so it's not observe it oh yes jesus did all those wonderful things didn't he and i don't have to do anything about it no <laughs> the great commission is you go and do the same things everything that jesus does you do everything in the way that he does it you do in take that approach in your life go off there now and I've given you everything necessary. You have the Holy Spirit, off you go. Um, and that authority can be seen in the early church, of course, can't it? You know, we see Peter acting with authority in Acts 5. In Acts 8, we see people who had been with Jesus seeing miracles and demons. So they hadn't been with Jesus, but now they were doing the same things as the disciples. So you had the 12, then the 70, now we've got people who weren't even with Jesus healing the sick, casting out demons in Acts 8. And if you went through a study of 
you know, church history, you'll find it continues to happen over and over and over and over again. There are periods when the church forgets who they are, forgets the authority they've been given, and settles down. And even in, I have to say, even in those periods when you're not seeing what we would call, say, miraculous of healing in that, there was always, has always been, the miraculous of salvation. After Martin Luther gave us clear understanding of what it meant, there's always been that miracle of salvation, which, to be honest with you, is one of the most dramatic when you see somebody's life totally changed because of the presence of God. But the other aspects are still there. Go and heal the sick. Go and raise the dead. Go and cast out demons. Preach good news. Be kind to people. Be loving. Be an expression of love to people. All right? Jesus summarized your ministry in Matthew 10, verses 7 and 8. And it and it's summarized like this. As you go, so there we go. That's everything there. As you go being a dad, as you go being a mom, as you go being a student, as you go being a daughter, as you go being a son, as you go, preach the gospel. Saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As I've explained to you, the kingdom of heaven is the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's here, right? Heal the sick. So anytime you find somebody sick, heal them. It doesn't say, ask me to heal them. He says, you heal them. Cleanse the lepers. So anytime you find a leper of any type of leprosy, cleanse them. Raise the dead. Anybody who's dead, you can bring them back to life. Um, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And there's your commission. That's what Jesus says to us. Off you go. Go do that. The, the, our, the church does tend to hide behind its walls and think that the Great Commission is, I'll preach good preachers on Sunday, you know, good sermons on a Sunday. But that's not what Jesus said. Yes, he did tell us to preach. Brilliant ticket. It's good. But there's a so much more that he asks us to be involved in. So much more. The kingdom of heaven is within reach. It's a simple act of believing that gets hold of it. And that's why I'm saying that, you know, God certainly has delegated power and authority to you. Now you have to get a hold of it. You have to act with it and not just have it as a theory, but it's something now I'm going to walk in. You can't be timid about your authority. That's what I'm trying to say. You can't be timid about it. Uh, act now and learn by doing. That's basically where it comes. It's, it's very, you know, our education system is you learn and then you go and do. It's so much in the kingdom of God. You do and then you learn. It's like you get that explanation from the spirit as you've responded in obedience. <laughs> as you've felt that prompt and you've gone and done it. And oh, I understand what I'm doing now. Always announce that the kingdom of God is near. That's what Jesus did all the time. Kingdom of God's here. Why do we do that? It seems that it opens up the activity of heaven when you do it. It's like um, you're getting some words out of your mouth and it's what you're sensing God wants and you're speaking it out. It might be that the presence of God is here. Well, I'm going to speak it out. It's the presence of God. I'm declaring that the kingdom's here. It might be he wants people healed. You're going to speak it out. 
it's, I find it quite so fascinating. At the time Jesus was crucified, Rome was the most powerful um, empire, wasn't it? it? It covered the whole known world, up from Hadrian's Wall right down to the other end. You know, it just was a dramatic... And, the, and when you look at, when you've been to Rome itself and you look at all of the things they created, you think, gosh, this was a, a stunning group of people. I know they were quite vicious, <laughs> etc. But they, what they created was just wonderful. And yet, within 200 years, Rome had become Christian. And, you, you know, you, you think, I think of Peter and I think of Paul feeling the direction of the Spirit to go to Rome. Paul being told by prophets, don't go because you're going to get in prison. He's saying, yeah, that's why I'm going. <laughs> I am going there because that's where I'm going. And they walk in, you know, with no weapons, no nothing, just power and authority. And within 200 years, Rome is Christian. And you go and see the Christian, you know, um, what's the word there? Uh, architecture except that's there now it's just i find it just stunning to see what has happened and so therefore it always gives me this encouragement that if god has asked for something it can get done sometimes we think we'd like it now especially in this age where it's instant you know can I have instant coffee can I have instant mcdonald's can I have instant this can I have instant that and you know God didn't seem to be too confused that it took 200 years for Rome to become Christian. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? And I wanted to try and give you another example of power and authority and time. Again, it's another story of June. She would have been telling all these if she could have come. But um, June is a, a real prayer warrior, real intercessory prayer warrior. Uh, it's, it's really marks her out. So... In northern Uganda, there was a warlord called Joseph Kony. You might have heard him on the news. Uh, but Joseph Kony, um, it's quite brutal, the sort of things he was doing. You know, he was getting um, children, soldiers, uh, all that sort of stuff going on, um, and a lot of war in the northern part of Uganda. And we, we knew people from Uganda. We knew of the concern of this situation. And June said, this isn't right. It needs to stop. We need to see Joseph Kony gone from Northern Uganda because we can't carry on. That country can't carry on. And in, in a sense, you could say, well, we in this country have very little impact. Basically, we weren't affected by Joseph Kony apart from him on the news. But you get that burden just placed on you by the Lord. So here, a small, small church here in Manchester. Never met Joseph Kony. But we have this burden placed on us by the Spirit. And so we start to pray that Joseph Kony would move out of northern Uganda, that he would gone. Very soon after we started praying, there was reports in the paper about various agencies now beginning to try and search for this Joseph Kony. And within a number of years, I would say five years, he had gone from northern Uganda and the situation of that warlord had come to an end. And we were involved in that prayer initiative of God to deal with that situation in northern Uganda. So it took time. It didn't happen overnight. We would have loved it to have been like tomorrow. Oh, it's all gone. So like the house situation, you know, 9 o'clock in the morning. Yes, I got a job. <laughs> it's amazing. 
and sometimes God's timetables are just not ours. And you've got to get that into your heart, that his timetables are not ours. And that doesn't mean you've done something wrong, or it doesn't mean you're not believing, it doesn't mean... It's, it's just he has a different timetable. And our job is to follow the prompt of the Spirit of God and do what he's asking, see it take place and hold on to it with that perseverance that this is going to happen. It will change. So authority and power, he has been given to you. You need to not be timid about it. You need to step up and say, yep, that's what I've got. I'm going to act on it now. A prompt. Um, it'd be like as if I said to you, I think maybe you should do this. And you go, okay, I'll do it then. It's like a prompt. I touch you. So the Holy Spirit can nudge. Yeah, hint. Hint, nudge. So, um, let's have a five-minute break. And then uh, we'll talk again about authority. And we'll try and see it from a different direction. Because I find that we need to look at it. Sorry. We need to look at it in different directions for it to come home. So, another, we're trying to have another look at power and authority and what it's like and how, it, how we move with it. Um, and God uses the miracles to teach us. Um, so when you've experienced a miracle, it's like you're, you're never the same again. Or at least you're not supposed to be the same again. Because that miracle has opened you up to a realm of the spirit world, if you like, that kingdom of God that you are to like walk with, walk in. So if you're a person now that's experienced, say, some provision of God, well then that's that's to like educate you so you move on. <laughs> Not go, you know, six months later, oh, I'm going to know where God is. You know, no, it's to help you move forward. And Miracles become like signposts for us. They really help us, I think. And I'm going to show you a video later on of, a, of Delia Knox and how she was healed from being paralyzed after 23 years. From the waist down, she was totally paralyzed. So we'll watch that. But I want to prompt you before you watch it that this is really to open you up to the realization that we have authority and power and that what would be impossible in the natural is not impossible. The coins on the wall were to like try to open you up to that as well, that, that there is something beyond the normal that you can walk in. And learning to move with Holy Spirit as he's doing these things, he's doing the works of Father, is the key for us. And we have to determine ourselves, I am going to learn. Remember, Jesus says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Sorry, Paul wrote that. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. And so that has to come within you. This earnestly, I am going to seek him. Not so I get gifts but so with the heart of love that he's placed in me I can be an expression of Father to this world wherever they are you know whether it's your 
family, whether it's your neighbours, whether it's a mission trip that you go on, it's, you're going to be an expression of love to the people around you. But learning to follow Holy Spirit is, oh, I cannot say it enough, it's just key. And I still, I mean, I'm still thinking to myself, oh gosh, I'm still learning how to do this, God. It's not like you, oh, I've got my badge now, I know how to do it, you know, I can ride my bike, it's all right. It's like you're still feeling, Holy Spirit, I want to learn. Please, I want to learn. <laughs> I want to give you an example. Um, all of us would say, God wants everybody healed. We read those scriptures. Jesus said, that's the Grand Commission. Go out there and heal the sick. Anybody sick? I'm going to pray for them then. Be healed. <laughs> and you would know what to do because that's the prompt of the Spirit. But the truth is, the way in to seeing that person healed is like different every time. And you can't just run on principles. Um, we will watch a video in early December by Randy Clark, and he will teach you the five principles of healing and then counter it by saying, yeah, yeah, all of those are wonderful, I can teach you them, and you'll see um, fruit of it. But the reality is they're all superseded by the grace of God. And the grace of God supersedes all those principles and takes you into things that you, gosh, you could never have imagined happening. So we're going to see somebody who's, who's just terribly experienced in the healing ministry teach you how to move with the grace of God to see miracles coming. Okay? Um, so an, an example for me, trying to follow Holy Spirit. I'm walking out of church I walked past a lady, uh, she was a visitor to our church, I didn't know her, I walked past her and the Holy Spirit said, uh, command the potassium levels to increase. Okay. <laughs> so I turned to her and I said, I think the Holy Spirit wants me to command the potassium levels to increase. So, so I start to tell potassium levels increase in this woman's body, you know, just increase. She's shaking all over, bouncing up and down on the chair. Oh, this is good. I don't have a clue what potassium, I didn't know we had potassium in us anyway. I'm just telling these potassium levels to increase. And she's shaking like this and, and that was it. Okay, anything else? No. So I said, well, there we go. She said, thank you very much. And I walked out of church. Unknowns to me, that was the Sunday, the Monday, she had an appointment to go into hospital to have a hysterectomy. She goes into hospital for her hysterectomy on the Monday. They do a pre-operation examination and say, it's all changed. There's no, there's no reason for you to have a hysterectomy. There's nothing wrong now. So she comes out of hospital on that Monday and writes me a letter <laughs> saying, thank you very much. <laughs> I've been healed. <laughs> now, Irvin, a doctor, whether maybe Rebecca knows, he says there's no, cont uh, no link between hysterectomy and potassium levels. Any link? You're not listening? No link. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I don't, God, why did you ask me to pray about that then? And all I can say is follow Holy Spirit because it'll. I mean, for me, it's a bit easier because I'm not medical, so I'm not, I, don't, I didn't have that question, did I? <laughs> I was just, well, I'll tell it to 
get up then. Somehow, in the middle of all of that, God heals her whatever's wrong with the womb that needed a hysterectomy. And she was totally healed. Wonderful. So I'm encouraging you, follow Holy Spirit. You'll lead you to do things that will make you feel like, I don't understand what I'm doing. But in it, you're going to see the presence of God because he knows what he's doing. Okay? He knows how to do it. So, those wondrous stories that we hear, those that I'm just sharing with you, the ones that you know yourself, the ones that you see yourself, the ones that you're praying for yourself, they're to draw you into a passionate pursuit of God. They like draw you in because you want more. It's, a, it's an incredible, it's very intoxicating. You see something of the miraculous and you want more of it. <laughs> it just draws you in. Um, but it's, what is it you want? It's his presence. It's him. It's Jesus. It's his presence that you're really, 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 really wanting, right? That's where you're being drawn to. So you're to live under this influence of his presence and not just simply obey principles. Because we could teach you principles on provision, principles on healing, principles on all sorts of principles that there are in Scripture. But that's not where you're to live. You're to live under the influence of his presence. It's a relationship. It all comes back down to it's a relationship with him. Loving him and following him. See, the kingdom of God and his presence are just totally inseparable. You can't do kingdom stuff without his presence. You need his presence with you to do kingdom stuff. And for us here, you know, I think it's we've we've had a real shift in our in our life with God. Yes, we've had that revelation of grace, which has been wonderful. But really, it was happening before then, and I have to say, our destiny has really helped because you, as students, you know, you just go, "Well, I'm going to believe God then, and I'm going to do it." And part of it is because we put you into situations where you're made to, and maybe if you weren't on iDestiny, you'd sit on your seat. But, you, you know, and as you go out, you go, oh, look what's happened. So I remember Linda Mackay going on the street somewhere and writing a list. God wants to heal. And she wrote down all the things that she thought God wanted to heal. And this was in Holland. And people came up and going, well, I've got this And they were healed. And it was, we got videos of it. So many people. Nikki with Ian goes to Bulgaria. Every person that was sick that they prayed for was healed. Every person. So you feel like this momentum of people who are beginning to believe that what Jesus says is true. And they're beginning to put it into practice. Right? Beginning to expect it. We're no longer pleading for God to come. We might use that word come. But we don't use it any longer in this feeling of you're up there, God, in heaven, in heavenly places, and we've got to do something to try and entice you out. Please, could you come and help us? Because we are paupers and we need your help. We use the word come as an invitation. Uh, you know, just like you would a friend. Just come and help me. Just come and be with me. You know, I know that you're there. Do you get what I mean? I know that I'm in heavenly places. I know that I'm with you. All of the 
this angst that there used to be, this pleading of God, really came out of our orphan ways because we didn't feel that we were sons and daughters. We were trying to become sons and daughters. And now that revelation of the new creation week that you've gone through, I am a son, I am a daughter. Oh gosh, I'm not pleading with you anymore, God. I'm actually joining in with you in just such fun. So as a child, we're now enjoying his presence that's already here. Matthew 28, verse 20 says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. How, how much clearer did he have to make it? I am with you always. So, as children of God, we've learned from my previous talk I've just given to you that we have authority and power. So, we've got that. John 1 verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. So, as, as you received Jesus, he gave you the right to become a child of God. Now, the word right is translated from the word exousia, which is authority. So in, in John 1 verse 12, he gave you the authority to be a child of God. <laughs> like it, it just came with the whole package. You're not just, yeah, yeah, I've been adopted. I'm a, you know, I'm in this family, but, you know, I'm just adopted, aren't I? No gave you the authority of being a child of God. So, authority means privilege, superhuman, delegated influence and authority. That's what he gave us, each one of us. So now I choose to live in the reality of that authority he's given me. I choose to believe that I have it. I choose, when I was working, I choose to believe that I had authority from God do my job because he put me there in that job that I was doing and therefore I choose to have authority there. Now I had to delegate authority for my bosses, that's, that's true, I did have that, but I also carried authority with me. An example, if you're working on a building site, the language of men who work on building sites is pretty ripe most of the time, um, unless you were somewhere where I was and five years, nothing. And I'd catch them saying, oh, we don't do that here, do we? Never, never, never ever once said, you cannot swear, you cannot do anything. But there's something that you carry, an influence that you carry that changes an atmosphere around you. But you have to believe that you do carry that influence and you do change the atmosphere where you are. So, Jesus gave the disciples both authority and power. The two realms of authority and power are heaven's influence for life and ministry. They're like a two-edged sword, right? You've got it, you've got authority and power, it's in your life. Now, it's, your, it's the influence that you're gonna carry with you into every situation. Things not seem to be right, you, you've got a feeling this is a demonic influence going on, you have authority over that, deal with it. Somebody's sick, Deal with it. <laughs> the whole situation that you face, he has given you the authority, the power to deal with it. 
power can be compared to a surfer catching a wave. This is Bill Johnson's example, right? I like it. Um, it can be, you can imagine the wave, which is the power of God, right? There it comes. So the surfer, I mean, if you've ever done, I mean, I've only ever done bodyboarding, but it's so filling when you catch a wave and it really takes you into the beach. Oh, it's just stunningly thrilling, especially when you do it on one of the Australian surfing beaches. That makes <laughs> so it really takes you in and you feel that power that the wave has and it picks you up and just carries you. Well, it's the same thing. The wave of God's power comes and you ride it and you see what he's doing. Stunning. Uh, you know, it's a bit like you paddle like crazy to keep up with the wave because he's just going to go where he wants to go. Oh, stunning. And it will be a journey. It's a journey for us to learn how to ride that wave because you'll see it or feel it or somebody in your group will feel it and then you've got to catch it. You've got to get hold of that power that's being released by God and go with it wherever it's going, wherever it's taking you. But authority is quite different to that. A power is explosive atmosphere of heaven. You know, you get the tingles all over you. You feel the power coming. It changes the atmosphere of earth. It's just like, wow! You know, it's, it's dynamite. That's, what, that's the, we get our word dynamite from those words for power. So it's that, boom, comes. You feel it, it's whatever. So whilst power is catching the wave, authority is the ability to start it. Right? So when nothing's happening, authority gives you the ability to start that power way. Now, when you get that into you, you begin to realise, oh, so here I am in a situation, everybody's stood around, nothing's happening, can't feel God, we haven't had a wonderful choir singing marvellous worship songs, we haven't had an hour of all of that, and we're just stood here, and it's like, well, I can't see anyway, can't feel anything, so God can't be doing anything there. No, the authority that's in you starts the way. Start the way. But what way am I starting? Well, you've been given authority to do everything that Jesus does. Well, do one of the things he does. <laughs> Preach, heal, cast out demons. Go do the stuff. Oh, you mean I can, I've got to wait for him? Oh, it's, as I've described, it's a cooperation between you and him. You're following Holy Spirit, but, but he is also someone that likes to be in cooperation with you. So he'll let you take the lead. That's an odd thing. But he does, he lets you take the lead. And then you're going, are you joining me? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's why we use this place, Holy Spirit because we like to be invited. So, things start happening because of who God says you are. Who are you? You're a son. You're a daughter of the king. So things start happening around you because of who you are. It's believing what he says about us and what he has commissioned us to do that is the access into living under the influence of the king. So it's believing who I am. The new creation link, believing who I am. 
believing that I'm commissioned, read the commission, you know, you can't get any clearer, go and do it. And then that gives me access to live under the influence of the presence of God. And that's what it's like. So, believing is quite important for us. And sometimes the only way to see what Father is doing is to use your authority. That's what I'm just trying to describe. It's like, I am a man under authority. Now, this cooperation thing with God, it's like I am under authority and power to do what Father wants to be done. So I'm coming in line with what Father wants to be done and I'm walking with it. So June gets this prompt from God, this nudge, Joseph come. That's coming under the direction of what Father wanted to be done. We then use our authority and power in that whole process of joining in with him for what he wants to be done. And you then see the results. June comes under the authority of what Father wants to be done. He wants that guy to be sorted out on the street so that the family could come to know Jesus. June comes under line and comes with it. Now, did she have a word from God? Oh, I want you to do... No, she didn't. But she knew enough about him to know that's what he was doing. Two different examples. First one, she gets prompt from God, go do this. Second one, she is knowing enough about the character of her father that he wants to do it. And so she brings herself in line and authority starts something that you can't see, right? See what I'm trying to say? There's two ways it works. So... What I can't do is just set off on my... All right, I'm going to go get... Um, I'm going to get Wales saved for God. By the end of my life, everybody in Wales will be saved. Although it's a lovely sentiment, I've got, I've got to come under what Father's doing and how he's doing it and what the approach is that he's doing it. Is it impossible then for Wales to get saved? No, it's not. It's absolutely possible. And if I see somebody like Heidi Baker, I realise how possible things are when you start to see how Mozambique's getting saved through a woman and her husband and a man and woman who are just saying, I'm coming under this and I'm going with you. Right? Uh, you know, you listen to her stories about what's happening. It's just stunning. You know, people being raised and dead, blind people seeing, deaf hearing. Uh, wonderful, wonderful things. So, here we go. We are a group of people now have been given as much authority and power that Jesus is ever going to give you. You know, you haven't got a little bit of it. You've got it. So what do I do? Well, the thing is, what we feel like is our... Well, mind you, mine is just tiny, isn't it, in comparison to Heidi Baker. I mean, if I was to quantify it, she's up there. And I'm down here. So what am I going to do with this? What does it say? Faith is a grain of mustard seed. That's all you need. Oh. So my brain equates things and goes, well, I've got to do something to get myself up here. And all Jesus says is you just need this tiny grain. And you can do it. And what does that really mean? It, it, what it really means is 
I cannot do it in me, right? But the one who I'm in, who is in me and overshadows me, can do it. And that's where that little grain of mustard seed comes from. So the Holy Spirit gives us his gifts. There we go. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So he's given you gifts. So Miriam is beginning to move into a word of knowledge gifting. Your description of that lady, remember you were into the treasure hunt, and you had the description, very detailed description of her, and you found her, she was there, that is word of knowledge. Of quite a high degree, because of all the detail. Now, she didn't want to respond to you, she had her own opinions, okay? Well, words of knowledge doesn't mean the person's going to say, oh, yes, <laughs> right? But what I'm trying to point out is the Holy Spirit's gifting's there on you. You're beginning to respond to it. You're beginning to get insights now. Oh, well, that can open up into so much more as you begin to act in power and authority with it. But we feel, or they, we, we look at ourselves and we think, gosh, they're still small. And let's use a word like embryonic. So if, if uh, an apple tree is growing and it produces a tiny green apple and then after the months we get to autumn time and there is the big apple to be harvested, we never, ever, 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 ever say to the little apple, well, you're not an apple, are you? You're not good, you know, who are you? We never, ever, ever say that. We know that this little apple will become a big apple. We know that it has everything in it to become the most wonderful fruit ever. And so when you're move, beginning to move with the Holy Spirit, the giftings feel so tiny, fragile, so... I'm still... Prophecy, I'm still trying to do it. Alan says, I've just got to speak quicker than I can think. I'm still trying to do that. And, it's, uh, and it feels... Don't dismiss it. Don't dismiss the, the, the small... You know, the... Um, the small things. Honour them. Honour that embryonic gift. It's alive in you. You know, it's small but fully formed. It's got, it's a full apple. It can grow into a big apple. It can become stunning. See what I'm trying to say to you? It can. It just needs to have, be found into life and nurtured. And that's why Paul said earnestly desire the gifts. Because he knew if you look at them with the analytical brain, you go, oh, gosh, that's not good, is it? <laughs> but if you just fan it, just give it the right nurturing environment, let it go, believe in what God has said of you, and start doing it, oh, it can grow. So, although we might think our giftings are embryonic, they are moments when they explode and just mature. And I've given you that example before in Acts 11.24, where it used to be Barnabas and Paul, and then Paul had that uh, interaction with the sorcerer and told him that he would be blind. The result is that from then on in, in the Acts, it's always written as Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas became the sidekick. Paul was the main man. Why? Because the gifting in Paul at that 
that tremendous interaction of what happened just grew. And that's just the economy of God. I don't quite know how he does it, but it, it'll happen. And it'll happen for you as well. There will be an occasion when you go, I'm taking my authority and I'm dealing with it. And you'll come out the other end and it's just like this. And others will recognise it as well. They'll say, what? I keep saying to Chris, after I destined, became an intern, it was like he became a different man. Just grew in his awareness of God, his outpouring of the love of God, the gifting on him. Stunning. Something took place in the kingdom. Right? And that's what it's like. It's always like that. And it'll be like that for you as well. <laughs> so the gifts within us are waiting for a shift to take place in our hearts. They really are. They're, you know, they're all there, embryonic, but they're waiting for the shift to take place. And the shift is that you'll choose to believe it's there. You'll choose to step out on the water. You'll choose to have a go. You'll, you'll choose to ignore the failures. Because there will be failures. <laughs> I have to tell you, there will be. Just ignore them. Keep going, keep going, that's the way it happens, all right? This happens when the internal world of your spirit rises to meet the challenge of the external world. So what am I meaning by that? There's an external problem. You rise up in your spirit knowing that you're a daughter, that you're a son of the kingdom, and that you have the solution, because you know the person who has. Do you get what I mean? You know him. He's got the solution, he can bring it about. Ozani is lovely. I love her because she'll, she is so wise. She said, I don't pester God. I've asked him. He's heard me. He'll do it. Ooh. That's faith. Whereas most of us are going, God, I'm not sure whether you heard me, so I'm going to ask you again. I'm going to ask you again. I'm going to ask you again. Now, there is perseverance. That, that's quite clear from what Jesus teaches, that there is perseverance. But what she really meant was that she knows that she knows that she knows that her father loves her and father hears us and father will deal with the situations. The kingdom within us is beginning to come out. It's beginning to come out on you. Rebecca was telling me how wonderful your trip to Rochdale was. You know, it's beginning to come out of you, the realities. You're beginning to express the truths that you've learned and you're beginning to step into that reality and believe it, you know. Um, and in this atmosphere of faith and courage and love around us, it's a wonderful opportunity to keep trying. You know, you've got every Sunday, I'd encourage you, every Sunday, I'm going to step out in something. You know, I'm, I'm going to pray for someone. I'm going to prophesy over someone. I'm going to speak to someone. I'm going to bless someone. I'm going to be a blessing around me. I'm just going to do it. I destiny. Every day you're in here, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to hold back. Because what happens to us is we just settle down and we just, it's all right. But really I've discovered it's when you make the step that things start to happen. You know, you just, there's something about authority that makes something happen. 
Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.